Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan, and a Liverpool fan. Hi there, and welcome to the Offside Rule podcast. We get it. I am Hayley McQueen, hosting this week's edition, supported by Continental UK. And I'm pleased to say I am joined, as ever... By the gruesome twosome, or my lovely ladies, I should say, <laughs> Kate Borsay. I don't know whether there's a compliment in that or not. Gruesome and lovely. Okay, fine. Well, Linda and I are just going to sit back and relax and let you get on with the proceedings today, Haley. So if you get into any deep water hosting this podcast, don't look to, don't look to us for any help. <laughs> well, you're to my right, and the lovely Lindsay Hooper is to my left. Oh, thank you. I'm going to give you gruesome, Kate. <laughs> I'm going to take lovely. <laughs> say gruesome, because Kate top-footed it here with a lovely, swelling, pregnant belly. <laughs> Lindsay has got here straight off an aeroplane from City Airport. I'm, yeah, I'm still claustrophobic. I had to sleep in, in the sleeping quarters on a boat over the last couple of days on a bunk bed. Yep, it was interesting. <laughs> and I've driven here without paying the congestion charge to the centre of London, which is where we are recording. So I will sort that out pretty quickly. Uh, right, what have we got coming up for you today? Plenty, as ever. If you're listening, thank you very much via iTunes and Audio Boo. You can, of course, follow us via Twitter. Oh, it's been busy, and Twitter is one of our topics uh, today. At Offside Rule Pod, huge congratulations to our wonderful Twitter operators, especially on deadline day. And this is, surprise, surprise, a transfer special. It was a brilliant deadline day. A billion was spent. That's right, because I'm going in Euros. Okay. <laughs> European theme. And speaking of which, we have a La Liga roundup, courtesy of Rhiannon Jones. And there was a big shock in La Liga at the weekend with Real Madrid 2-0 up. Looked like they were cruising it away from home, losing and letting in four goals as well. And we have, as ever, Twitter topic of the week, uh, courtesy of Sean Thorne. So lots to look forward to. You can, of course, go to our website as well, offsiderulepodcast.com, where there are features and blogs and news updated every single day. But the theme today, as I mentioned, is transfers. We're going to be discussing it because 
because this is the only time of the year when Twitter goes into meltdown and every single hashtag and mention is something to do with football, which is great. We have Getting to Know You. What about these new players coming in? Radamel Falcao, new signing for Manchester United, known to many as a Colombian striker who scores goals for fun. But what we might not know is that he went to university to study journalism and that's what he wanted to do had he not have been a footballer. He has a computer game named after him and was named after Brazilian football legend Falcao, who starred in the 1982 World Cup as well. So I'm going to be giving you some more facts about some new signings and Kate and Lindsay going to be updating me on some of the names that I'm going to be have to pronounce that I'm going to have to pronounce on Sky Sports News uh, that always caused me much trouble but it's always good to get to know a little bit more about these new signings so we have a couple of signings each we're going to tell you more about we're going to have fun and games of Twitter at its best as we know Transfer Deadline Day created some of the most amusing moments and high drama so we're going to be picking some of our favourite tweets as well Uh, mine actually come from uh, footballers who are having a bit of banter between each other yes and a tweet that went wrong a tweet that a player tweeted about a club he could be going to and then had to delete it because he went somewhere else. Oh, no. Yes. He didn't speak to his agent then. No. <laughs> but we're going to start with winners and losers, OK? I mentioned the billion euro mark. The final spend by Premier League clubs was over £850 million. I mean, that is unbelievable. Some of these clubs actually still made a profit Manchester United, not one of those. But who were the winners and losers? We have picked one deadline day winner, a club, or it could be a player from any league, OK? And a deadline day loser. It could be a club, a player, or a manager that didn't get their way by the time the 11pm gong of Big Ben chimed. And I'm going to start. It would normally be me, but you've yeah. probably had enough of me at the moment, OK? So I'm going to hand it over to Lindsay Hooper. I'm going to go for a couple of mentions and then I'm going into a little bit more detail about one, if that's okay. Is that all right, hostess with the mostess? I'll let you off, yeah. Okay. Um, Hatton Ben Arthur, because I absolutely love him as a player. I thought. I think this is a winner for Hull City because he's moved from Newcastle and. Uh, I think Newcastle, it's very well known that he had a falling out with Alan Pardew. They weren't seeing eye to eye. But I think this is going to be Alan Pardew's loss and Steve Bruce's game because I think Hatton Ben Arthur will make a big impact at Hull. And I really like what Steve Bruce is doing at Hull City as well. I think he's made some shrewd signings and so far so good. Who am I to pull apart his latest one? So I think Ben Arthur will be great. Um, I'm going to go down the leagues into the championship for another couple. I did want to mention Nigel Atkins at Reading, who um, who bought in Glenn Murray, who was released by Crystal mm. Palace. Glenn Murray, don't underestimate the firepower that he'll give you. Um, 30 championship goals he scored in 2012-13 when Crystal Palace got promoted. And I think he is a solid championship striker. Um, so I wanted to mention that. I thought that was good business. But my main one is Wigan and uh, Uwe Rosler. I think he's done brilliant business because it's both ends of the of the spectrum. It's letting someone go and getting a good fee and bringing someone brilliant in as well, or certainly promising. So he actually let go um, for £7 million James MacArthur to Crystal Palace, partly why Glenn Murray was let go. Now, James M- MacArthur is a brilliant player, we know, but £7 million, I think that's really good business. £7 million. And then he very quickly nailed down a replacement in William Cavist. Um, and, and I thought that was a really good bit of business um, 
for, for Wigan and I think he will be a great signing. Um, he also brought in a couple of other deals from Brentford because of course that was his former club, Adam Forshaw, Andy Delort. Um, but I think he's bolstered Wigan's side and Wigan uh, are ones to watch for me in the championship. So those are the ones that I think did really well. Well, for my winner, I'm going to mention one chap and one chap alone. And I know that we're basing this around deadline day, but he had just a very good window in general. The man who come deadline day is walking around with pockets bigger than the National Treasury here in the UK is Jorge Mendes. He is a Portuguese agent and if you don't know anything about him or if you've not read much about him over the last few days, this is the guy who this window negotiated the sales of James Rodriguez, Angel del Maria, Diego Costa and Eloquim Mangala, making £195 out of those players. And of course, he takes a big cut of that. I don't know what his cut is, but I'm presuming it's at least 10%. It could be 1%, couldn't it? It'd still be all right. (laughs) Exactly. Now, if you don't know much about him, he's an ex-Portuguese nightclub owner. And like a lot of agents, he kind of fell into becoming an agent um, by chatting to a goalkeeper um, in a nightclub and negotiating for him. And he then went on. And and look, look, he's got the likes of Ronaldo. He He was the one who organized the sale of uh, Ronaldo to United and, and then onwards and uh, Jose Mourinho, Moutinho, I think he also looks after him as well. Um, so he's had a great window and come deadline day is definitely wrapping in the cash. He's definitely a winner for me. <laughs> this is my winner, Javier Hernandez. This is just a little note because I actually have a team, a whole collective as the winner, but I've got to give a bit of a nod to Hernandez. Signed for Real Madrid, um, kind of surplus to requirements at United. He has only gone on loan, so it could spark him into a new lease of life to come back to United. I mean, one of the losers, I guess you could say, but we'll go into detail a bit later, Real Madrid, because they sold Angel Di Maria and Xabi Alonso and lost the fight as well for Falcao to Manchester United. What was their gain was actually Real's loss. As for winners all round, I've got Southampton as a club, OK? After the transfer window started, it was horrific for Southampton. They kept losing players. It was a bit of a disaster. It looked like they were actually going to make a profit, OK? Um, lots of players who left needed to be replaced. They wanted to make sure they kept hold of Morgan Schneidling. Well, guess what? They did. And they added to the squad. So I think Koeman's done really great work at Southampton. You've got Shane Long, who signed from Hull. You've got Tadic. You've got Graziano Pele, who we mentioned in a previous podcast a little while back. Fraser Forster, a massive coup uh, from Celtic as well. I mean, the list is endless. Ryan Bertrand uh, on loan. I think that'll be a great one uh, for them from Chelsea. You've got an Atletico Madrid player as well coming on loan. Uh, Toby Alderweireld. I don't know if I've said that right. But anyway. Yeah. I think he's probably arguably their best deadline day capture. I mean, as we know, Southampton still need to add to that. But I did think it was going to be one of these uh, deadline days that just really killed them and that they they wouldn't be able to even attract the players because there aren't any big names already playing there. But I think Koeman as as a manager is a big name enough. Unfortunately, he has lost an awful lot of players. The list is endless. We know to, to Liverpool and United, he lost his, his main players. He's lost 19 players. Now, some of those have gone out on loan, um, but yeah, 19 players and then another couple released on top of that. So um, the changing room lockers looking significantly yeah. more bare now. 
I think they're definitely one of the winners just in terms of the fact that I didn't think they were going to do much business. They needed to do business. I thought they were just going to scramble around, sell you Luke Shaw for 30 million and just grab a load of random players for, um, you know, the odd million here or there. But they've done some very clever business. Um, the only thing I wanted to pick up on yours was the Hernandez one, mm. because I don't think that's a great deal for him, because I think he's proven at United that he needs to play regular football in order to be in form. And as soon as he's on the bench and not used as much, his confidence gets shot. And I worry for him at Real Madrid. I think that's where he'll get forgotten. It was going to be opportunity-led. It's a bit like Ricky Lambert going to Liverpool, really. Is that a good move or not? Is he happy with being on the bench or not? And Hernandez has got to be happy with being on the bench. Um, I'm going to hand back to you, Hayley, because you're the host and you can decide who gets to go first on the loser. Well, my loser actually comes from oh, Southampton. <laughs> there you have it. Lindsay, loser, that's right. Um, oh, OK. Well, let's go to you, Kate, and find out who is losing in your eyes this season. One big loser for me, the England team. Now, we're recording this on Wednesday, so we're yet to see what happens tonight. But I'm looking at the overall picture here in terms of what transfers have been done. And when you look at the big transfers, they're all international signings. It seems that because of the increased cash into the Premier League, all that's happened is that the clubs have upped their spending. And the likes of Manchester United, I think, are becoming a bit like the Galacticos. You know, they've got a huge checkbook now to wave round. And it's to do with the club's wealth, but also to do, obviously, with the increased TV revenue as well. And all it's doing is it's basically buying them a really good team. What does Louis van Gaal do when he's trying to piece together a squad? He spends a huge amount of money buying global superstars into his team. And who gets to miss out? Well, young English talent misses out. I think a few years ago it would have been unheard of for a local academy boy, Danny Welbeck, to be moved on to another team, especially when that team is a direct competitor like Arsenal. Now, he's gone on loan there, so he could go back. But at the same time, I don't think United would have done that a couple of years ago. Tom Cleverley, another young English talent, he's gone on loan to Aston Villa. The biggest English sale of the summer was Luke Shaw. And then all these questions were raised about his... um, Um, energy levels, which is basically fitness. Um, Both Roy Hodgson and Louis van Gaal commented on it. When you look at, you know, the England squad, okay, you've got the likes of Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard and Ashley Cole gone, but who's bought it in? Fabian Delft, Jack Colbeck and Danny Rose. Now, nothing against those players, but are you inspired by that? Because I'm not. And Hodgson's admitted, you know, that 10 years ago, it would have been unthinkable for him to have to choose a second choice player uh, to come into his team, but he doesn't have that luxury anymore. When you've got the likes of Jack Rodwell, Mika Richards, Aaron Lennon, Andros Townsend, James Milner and Glenn Johnson, all are playing for top six clubs and all told that they might be available for the right price during that window. You've got to be really concerned for the future of the England team. It's down at its lowest ebb, something like 33% of players, first team players in the Premier League are English. And I think that's at one of its lowest ebb. We've got to be so careful with this. I don't know what the answer is. Look, we're going to have an exciting season ahead watching all this global talent and the young English talent will, of course, learn, but they've got to have somewhere to be able to ply their trade on a big level, on a European level as well. It's a hugely important point. I think it is really sad the way things are looking and something really needs to be done. Let's go on to my loser. I have chosen a player. I mentioned Southampton for me, one of the winners. My main winner would have been Manchester United. But as I mentioned Man United every week, because I am a fan of the club, I felt that I should mention somebody else. 22-year-old Safir Tider. He joined on a season-long loan deal from Inter Milan just last month. It was part of an agreement that saw Dani Osvaldo go to Inter um, and head the other way. Um, But guess what? He spent three weeks there, one and a half games cameo in a pre-season friendlies for Southampton. 
he had his loan deal cut short. We were reporting on transfer deadline day that a transfer from that window was being transferred out. That is right. Really shocking. He was sent packing back to Milan for apparently, in quote, failing to live up to the high expectations of commitment expected. Um, apparently that was the official line. Um but he threw a bit of a tantrum. He was, wasn't was heavily involved in matches at the beginning of the season and he wasn't being treated like the star that maybe Osvaldo was when he came into the club and he was a little bit jealous. So they weren't just going to let him get away with it. Koeman stuck to his guns. He could have kept him at the club to make up the numbers for the squad but thought, no... I am just going to make sure I get rid of any bad eggs out of here. And he could have kept him at the club. It was only on loan. You could have had him ticking over. Luckily, it didn't affect the Osvaldo deal in the other way. But really embarrassing to have been sent back to your club, having signed for Southampton, thinking you were going to make it in the Premier League. So tighter for me big fat loser. If we're talking generally about a team and a lack of activity when it was really needed I think Blackpool would be up there for me. Um, They have let so many players go, they obviously started the season short on squad numbers, couldn't even field a proper bench um, and they haven't really replaced them and I I worry for Blackpool this season. We've talked about that last last week in the podcast. Um, In terms of a deal that I think uh, some fans were quite annoyed about not happening I think Millwall fans really thought that Sean Scannell was going to join the Lions. Now, I've watched Sean Scannell um, as I've been reporting over the last few seasons, and he's a, he's a really good player. Um, and, and rightly so, people were getting really geared up for him arriving at the Den. Um, it never happened. It's one of those things as well, you know where a deal looks and seems to be promised that it's going to happen over the course of a, a transfer window? It never did, but it was constantly being mentioned. So for that reason, I've picked that out as a real disappointment. Although I will say that uh, Matthias Renigi um, signed in the in the last few days, and I do think he's a really good player. So um, maybe the Lions will be okay without Scannell. But I just thought it was disappointing that he didn't join uh, the South London club. Hi, I'm Paul Merson, and you're listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Well, thank you very much for that so far. I wonder if you agree or disagree at home listening. Maybe you're just throwing things on the floor saying, Hayley, you're stupid, you're wrong. Southampton aren't winners. But tell you what, Manchester United absolutely winning. Edward Wood's just been throwing the money around and Louis van Gaal's just been enjoying spending it before it's even reached his pocket. So Radamel Falcao, what do we know about him? We all know that he's a wonderful striker, as I mentioned. So I want to know about the other players coming into the Premier League or even the Championship or big-name players that we might not know too much about. So the unknown facts, this is getting to know you. Um, Sadio Mane um, has joined Southampton. That was part of their deadline day business. Um, He joined from Red Bull Salzburg. Now, I know because I've been in Sweden that next week I need to up my ante in finding little funny facts. I know that Kate Borsay is going to make us laugh with her findings. Um, It's not going to happen from me, guys. I'm sorry. I had to do this on the aeroplane on the way back. So I've got you fact for fact stuff about this player, just so that you know a bit more about him. He's 22 years old. Um, He's played, he's a Senegal international and he was actually a target across a lot of Europe. So to say that we probably don't know that much about him, uh, the rest of the world seem to think that he's a really high, highly rated player. He scored 45 goals in 87 appearances for the Austrian champions um, after joining them from Metz in France two years ago. I'm sure Lord James will know more about that. Um, he's also scored three goals in 15 appearances for his country. He played at the Olympic Games in London, so a few of you might have actually gone there and seen 
seen him play in 2012. And that uh, Kuman has talked about him saying that right from the first meeting that he had about this player with Les Reed, he said he knew that that was going to be one of the potential hits on it on his list. He said he knew the player because last season Ajax in Amsterdam played Red Bull Salzburg, so he saw his qualities. He'd got that physicality as a player that I think you really need in the Premier League now. You need to really be physical. And um, I think one of the things that we've seen in this transfer window, correct me if I'm wrong, is the acquisition of players that are more versatile. Instead of having players that just play one position, we've seen many clubs go for players that can be versatile and go in different positions. Well, this is one of those players. So um, Mane is very good in attack, but he can play down the left or right side. He's a really good sort of number nine player. Um, his scoring ability comes from from both flanks. He can play with both feet. That's what you want in a, a striker, surely. So I think that might be where some of Southampton's goals come from that keep them in the Premier League this season. Shall I go next? I'm not doing very well, am I? I'm just sitting here. Just <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I, sitting back. That wasn't really your just call. just you know taking it all in. But yeah, it is your turn, Kate. Oh. So tell us who we need to know about now that I know all about Mane, of course. <laughs> now, um, so here's some nicknames for you. Manchester City's 12 million pound sign. Defensive mid Fernando. His nickname is the Octopus because of his incredibly long legs or tentacles, whatever you want to call them. Another nickname for you, Angel Di Maria. His nickname is Fidio, which is the noodle because oh, of his physique. Oh. There you go. Don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad. Noodly, noodly. Um, and, and he was born on Valentine's Day. Same, same as my mum. Angeldini Maria. Another quick one here for you, um, Diego Costa. Um, did you know that his only experience of football before the age of 16 uh, was on the streets of Legato in Brazil? So oh. before 16, that's all he played is on the streets. Uh, quick one here on Daily Blint. Now, most of you may know that Daily Blint's um, father, Danny Blint, was um, very, very famous, was a footballer himself and uh, was also under Van Gaal in the Dutch squad as well. So that's, uh, you know, a fairly common fact. Um, but did you know that his girlfriend is called Candy Ray Fleur? She is Dutch. Oh as well but I was very intrigued by that name almost sort of I don't know whether it sounds pop starry or whether it sounds a bit dodge but apparently she's very nice she's a broadcaster but she also does um, a lot of kind of modeling and tv work as well but Candy Ray Fleur what about that sounds like a sweet shop it is very pop star as well like Carly Ray Jepsen sort of who who is Carly Ray Jepsen Lana Del Rey with the kids eh yeah I am so not down with uh, the kids so those are my quick unknown facts for you Okay, well, in contrast to Diego Costa, who didn't start playing football professionally until 16, uh, Falcao, who was my choice, had a professional contract by the age of 13. That's right. He made his debut in 1999. That that, is that even allowed? It is. He was the youngest debutant at that level of Colombian professional football. I don't know about the world. Um, Yeah, he said, had he not been a footballer, he wanted to be a writer. He actually um, went to university in Palermo, in Buenos Aires, and studied journalism. That's right. Whilst he was also um, playing football, his idol is Thierry Henry. He said, "My heart has been with Monaco since my idol Thierry Henry played there." There you go. So he last played for Monaco, and his goals there cost him five million pounds each. It cost the club. He had a really terrible season, but mainly due to um, injury issues, he managed eleven goals in seventeen appearances, which is actually not too bad. But uh, that equated to four point seven million pounds per goal. He's a devout Christian as well, very religious. He's a leader of the church youth group um, Locos por Jesus poor Jesus probably and Campiones para Cristo that's right, he's an 
invested heavily in lots of projects to help disadvantaged children back in his native country. He actually met his wife as well in church. And she is a singer as well. There's something about this. Yeah. Um, Laurie Lee Tarom. He met her at church in Buenos Aires. So there you have it. We hope you know a little bit more about some of these players, some interesting and some completely um, random facts about them. But I tell you what, let's head on now to Twitter Topic of the Week and find out what has been setting the internet alight with our very own Sean Thorne. Twitter Topic of the Week. The transfer window is now closed and this week we've asked you for your picks for the best buys of the window. So hopefully we'll get through this without the appearance of any rogue inflatables or any objects being poked in my ear. But, you know, we can't promise everything. Uh, Jonathan Robert, he's gone for Billy Knott. Uh, Bradford bought him in on a free, I think back in May. Uh, he started well uh, for the Bantams. Jonathan said he's been scoring goals, he wins possession, he works hard and he'd rather have 11 Billy Knotts than spend £60 million on one man. So who needs Di Maria when you've got Billy Knott? Eh? Uh, lots of you going for Costa and Fabregas. Uh, Garen CFC has gone for uh, Fabregas, Diego Costa and also Didier Drogba. A food madman has gone for Fabregas and Costa. Uh, Patrick Luffy has gone for Fabregas and also Falco and Danny Welbeck uh, for Arsenal. And, and Drags has said that he thinks Balotelli is an absolute bargain. I think I'm in agreement with you there. So a lot of variation, but I think the general consensus uh, from most of you is that uh, Diego Costa and Cesc Fabregas have been at the signings of the summer transfer window. Um, I'm just going to throw mine in as well for good measure. Um, I think Crystal Palace have signed well with Hangeland and Zaha. I think that's going to be enough to help them consolidate the season. I also think Glenn Murray going on loan to Reading is a good bit of business. I think Leroy Lita is a great League One signing for Barnsley and I think he's my uh, golden boot tip uh, for League One. Plus, I can't obviously can't go through this without mentioning Bristol City. I think Kieran Agard and Luke Freeman are absolutely fantastic bits of business for City as well. Thanks to everyone who got involved with Twitter Topic of the Week this week. I've been Sean Thorne and I'll hand you back to the girls. Oh, thank you very much, Sean. Well, speaking of Twitter, our final topics, fun and games at its best. So transfer deadline often creates some very amusing moments of high drama. It's great when you're sat at home, as I was on the evening, looked down my Twitter feed and felt like I was part of this giant family. It was very funny. The running commentary from random people, lots of information from journalists and, of course, the comments from the players who were signing for clubs, players who were keeping quiet on Twitter and making mistakes. Falcao had actually tweeted hashtag Madrid. Oh. before signing for Manchester United a day or two before. <laughs> it was swiftly deleted, but people had screen grabbed it by that mm-hmm. point. So whether he was just, I don't know, getting involved in some other Real Madrid news or he thought he was actually signing for Real Madrid, we will never know. But yes, so this is our final topic. Um, we want you to pick your three favourite deadline day tweets. Let's go to Kate for yours. Well, a couple of these had me laughing out loud on the tube to the amusement of several passengers on Monday night. Uh, This is from Ian Walsh. Harry Redknapp, he says, furiously searching around his office for his Nico Cranchard loyalty card to see if he needs one more stamp. (laughs) I love that one. I really did. Uh, Another quick one here. Sporting Ketchup said, Jennifer Lawrence naked and Falcao to United. Who's the lad in Manchester with a lamp and one wish left? (laughs) I love that as well. Politics 
even came into it as well. Uh, so some speculated basically whether uh, David Cameron could use deadline day to try and get rid of Nick Clegg. Uh, uh, this one from General Bowles saying, we're trying to offload Cleggy, but the boy isn't having any of it. Hashtag transfer deadline day. Uh, Arsene Wenger was refereeing a charity match, wasn't it? Uh, this from Wengerno's best Twitter account. Am I hungry? Yes. Have I had lunch? No. But I am in the market for lunch. If I can find a top, top quality lunch, I will do it. <laughs> I've gone for three tweets from one club and what a howler they made. In fact, it could just be one tweet, but we'll put all three in. Um, because just with 10 minutes to go to the transfer deadline day closing, Leeds United official account tweeted, don't go to bed just yet. There's still work to be done. Oh. Now, girls, wouldn't you think that's a tease? Isn't that, oh, you know, there's players coming in. There's going to be so much going on. Oh, no, this was like a poke in the eye to Leeds fans as they used to stay gripped to Twitter for the next 10 minutes and then received tweets about players going out, not coming in. So the work to be done was selling two promising strikers, Matt Smith and Dom Polian. That was before the transfer deadline day window. It said, confirmed, Matt Smith completes move to Fulham for an undisclosed fee and signs a three-year deal with the London club. Deadline day was, of course, hashtagged. The fans responded, not happy with that news. What was the second tweet that came out? Breaking, we can confirm that striker Dominic Polian signed for Oldham Athletic for an undisclosed fee and signs a two-year deal. Prompt more Leeds fans getting irate over Twitter. That's another player gone out. And the final one, after a busy last hour, this is us done. <laughs> so for the 2014 summer transfer window, so that was it. Just two players going out, no one coming in. That was what you had to wait on for another 10 minutes for and keep gripped. Um, it, it just went crazy. And as you can imagine, there was some um, very irate fans. Leeds fans. Yeah, Leeds fans not happy at all. So I don't think they'll remember this transfer deadline day fondly. Oh, dear. Well, there was a real peak in activity, wasn't there, before the deadline? Two minutes before the window closed, 21,000 tweets flying out per minute. Wow. And when Manchester United actually confirmed uh, that Daily Blind was heading to Old Trafford, 11,000 tweets a minute were registered with Manchester United or Blind in there. OK, my tweets, Joey Barton always getting involved, of course. He had tweeted the Michael Owen when Danny Welbeck looked like he was leaving Manchester United. I'd be wary of buying anyone from a Manchester United fire sale. They tend to never produce anywhere near the levels they do at Old Trafford. Yeah. And little Michael Owen gets back in touch. He went, I agree, but only one way to go once leaving there. Not many players leave a big club and improve playing lower down. Bless him. It's bit ironic isn't it oh um, I, I interviewed Joey Barton this week he was highly entertaining and you know what he's invited me to go <laughs> and watch him have a philosophy lesson which oh, I can't oh, res wow. resist yeah okay real Ferdinand was watching Deadline Day, but he was having a bit of a battle with his kids over CBeebies and he was getting very frustrated about it. Who'd have thought years ago, big, tough, strong Rio Ferdinand, <laughs> who's now at QPR. Hashtag CBeebies, need to know it is Deadline Day. There you go. So he was having all kinds of trouble with his kids. Uh, my other half, Liam Frey of the Cortinas, uh, he was tweeting as well, which was quite funny. I was following him and uh, when Tony Fernandez signed um, Sandro, of course people like to comment, he was like, his tweet was, Tony Fernandez, Sandro is hungry. 
Liam comments, thought the same about Anderson. He then became the butt of the jokes on Twitter all night. There was a new tweet set up, Twitter account, Angry Di Maria. This is really naughty, but it did make me laugh and it probably is quite cruel. Um, Angry Di Maria saying, well, at least now Kagawa and Hernandez have gone. Anderson can have three seats on the bench for his fat arse. Which is a bit naughty, I know, but stupid little things like that do tend to make you laugh a little bit. Uh, I've got so many more tweets, I just don't quite have time, so why don't you keep your tweets coming in at Offside Rule Pod and get involved in everything with regards to the Offside Rule and maybe you can um, screen grab and send us some of your favourite tweets as well from transfer. Maybe you think it's been and gone, but anyway, big news of the week, lots happening in La Liga. Let's find out and get our roundup from Rhiannon Jones. Hi, girls. Well, in the first two weeks, it's been Real Sociedad who've been involved in the biggest shocks of La Liga so far. In their first league game of the season, they were beaten 1-0 by their tiny, newly promoted neighbours, Eibar, who were playing in their first ever game in the top flight. Then at the weekend, Real Sociedad produced an incredible comeback against Real Madrid, stunning the European champions 4-2, having been trailing 2-0 after 11 minutes. Elsewhere, Barcelona are top of the table, the only side with two wins from two, as the Blaugrana followed up their opening victory against Elche with a late 1-0 success at Villarreal. Champions Atletico Madrid's first game ended goalless at Raya Vallecano, and they were less than convincing in beating Eibar 2-1 this weekend. Elsewhere, after 42 years away from La Primera, Córdoba picked up their first La Liga point, drawing one all at home to Salta. In terms of transfers, it was a pretty busy close of the window here with a few really eye-catching deals. Real Madrid boosted their attacking options by adding Manchester United's Javier Chicharito Hernández on loan, while Valencia did what appears to be some excellent business by signing Álvaro Negredo on loan from Manchester City. Meanwhile, Atletico capped off their biggest ever summer spending spree by splashing 16 million euros on Torino forward Alessandro Serci. That's it from Madrid. Adios, chicas. Thank you very much, Rhiannon. All very exciting in La Liga, all very exciting in the Premier League, all very exciting as well, of course, right here on the Offside Rule pod. You can keep listening via iTunes, Audio Boo, our YouTube channel as well, the Offside Rule TV, the Twitter account, our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. And we haven't mentioned Facebook, of course. You can come and get involved in that. Can I give a final plug to a video on the YouTube channel? Um, we were at St George's Park, myself and Harriet, uh, putting our skills to the test. I did score a good Oh, you didn't catch it on camera, though, did you? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. We did. How, m- how many chances were that chance ratio to goal ratio? That's for me to know and the cameraman to find out. Uh, so there you have it. Thank you very much for listening. Bye, all. The female take on football.